What are you doing out in the snow? It's 32 degrees below zero Celsius and my dad is working hard looking beyond the extents of hypothermia, hypochondria, and all the elements combined. He works to build a fence. A true servant, a true worker, a true exhibit of hard work and ethics. This is my father in whom I am well pleased. Hey, it's me again. Does your job still suck? Are you still mad at your job and therefore life sucking? Then you should join the Bitcoin podcast Slack where the people there don't suck or at least their jobs don't. So in essence, their lives don't either. Join the Slack. Hey. How are we ever going to get something as smooth like that for hashing it out? And that's the we, question. No, just it's like not possible. Dub, we could dub our voices <laughs> over it and then auto tune. When you're listening to the hashing it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just a terrible dub too. Hashing it out. Like it's just like that's yeah. how it sounds. Oh, man. Welcome back, everybody uh, who's coming back. Welcome to everybody who's new. We hope you enjoy this conversation in and around crypto. I'm the host of Talks First D. I am another host, Corey Petty. And I'm the third host, Jesse Broke. That's right. And we are crypto's uh, VR troopers. The triumvirate. Yes. The Beetleborgs. That's a word I haven't heard in a while. The triumvirate? Yeah. Me either. Good word. Yeah. Me so. Today, we wanted to talk to you guys about something. We actually wanted to talk to you about your Lord and Savior, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We don't. But we are talking about soul-bound tokens. So, old Tolly Tall, you know, he doesn't talk often, but when he does, you listen. That's a good thing about people who don't talk often. He said he's very excited about the future. Crypto and Ethereum. 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 Ethereum, if you're weird. Ethereum, if you're normal, Ethereum, if you're trying to be weird as well. Uh, he said, because the soul bound tokens, the idea of, I'm going to, I want to put my D spin on a soul bound token and I'm going to let Corey tell me I'm wrong. And Jesse laugh at that, how wrong I am. But in my opinion, a soul bound token is a token that is issued to your wallet, that private key, and it cannot move from that private key. It's stuck there in that wallet. It's not moving. Even if you can't sign it out, you can't push it out, it's gone. The only way to move it is never. That token is bound <laughs> to that private key. All right, that's my explanation. I'm going to let you guys hop on in. That's pretty much it. It's pretty, it's pretty spot on. It is a token that you can't move. Less so here's the EIP 4973 count bound tokens. Soul bound. 
turn blow it up a little bit for those who are watching this. Um, let's see. Yeah, consider name change to account bound tokens. Check. Uh, there's a couple other things that need to happen before this to go through. These are the checks. We can go to code. That's lame that they had to change it from sold to account. Dude, yeah. what? I should make a Twitter profile called Crypto Shang Tsung. And then whenever somebody gloriously messes up with this uh, implementation here, I could tweet it and I'll be like, 4973 is the one we want. We're in the EIP's repo. I wonder if like in legal terms, you can't like bind things to a soul. Because like what in legal terms is a soul? Uh, A soul is any person inside of a moving vehicle. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that's only for airplane. Old definition. Nope. Like for all it, moving. It's really it's, it's it's pretty straightforward, right? It's it's a it's an NFT, a type of like a non-trans like a non-fungible token that is also not transferable. So some people call them NTTs, meaning that I mean I, my my preferred name for it is a badge. Um. And there's a lot of implications that can come up with something like this. Like they're they're very useful for various things. The it allows you to show a specific criteria or tag or categorization of a given account. Say if you are belong to a specific lifelong membership, or you want to give a specific feature to a certain set of accounts, you can give it a non-transferable token. So that way, like it can't be gamed. Like the ownership or access that that token gives you can't be gamed or move around. But at the same time, like, what if I can send somebody a token that they can't move out of their account? Like, I don't know, an NFT that links to a picture of child pornography. That tends to be the the canonical like standard of this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I can give somebody something they don't want that they can't get rid of. That's the main thing people are worried about when they complain about non-transferable NFTs or soul-bound tokens. Because that's the only way you can actually say that word. It's a digital STD, bro. <laughs> you can get rid of STDs, man. Not all of them. You know what's Ooh. interesting? Like this is on Ethereum, but there are other L1s, Algorand, uh, for example, oh, yeah. um, that you that's actually can't airdrop. You can't like essentially send. Uh, tokens to an account without getting that uh, that account's permission so like i'm this is i'm curious which way will be preferred by the market like uh protocols where you get to choose or protocols where kind of you can have like std like you know dynamics as long as they can be revoked it doesn't matter okay like if like if me as an individual can remove it yeah if i own the account yeah. It's my account. I should be able to remove things. Yeah. Then that would make sense. I just can't transfer it to another account. So, like in my opinion, if you have these types of things, it's non-transferable, but that doesn't mean removable. But but it costs to, to do that remove action. Depend, I mean, that's that's up that's that's subject to the smart contract, depending upon what the use case is. Because there's a bunch of different use cases for this type of stuff. A problem with NFTs today is that if you grant access or permission or voting or some type of utility associated with the ownership of the token, its potential, depending upon, let's just take, for example, like voting. Um, 
me remove this thing because I'm not long sharing it. Uh, say like I want to release a set of NFTs that the owners get to vote on specific subjects. I can then cast for a vote. And if I don't set that up correctly, if I'm not really, really careful about things, then someone could vote and then transfer the NFT. And then that other that new person can vote as well. And so you're, right. you can have different types of games based on how the interaction is set up based on moving the NFT around the interaction to kind of play with what you expect. And in some cases, that's good. Regular NFTs are good for that. Like software licenses could be really good for this. Like, I don't want to, sure. um, like, I only want to use this software for a specific amount of time. So I basically buy an NFT off the market, use the software for the particular time I need it, and then sell it to the market when I'm done. So I don't have to pay for, I can have like interesting dynamics and like, how I use specific types of software that requires licenses or whatever. Right. Yep. And yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just thinking y'all, y'all go, keep going, keep going. Like that's the, that's the general idea in my opinion. And so when I think about badges, I think about a lot of really cool things from a social perspective that you can start to do. Like, like popes are a good example, right? Proof of attendance protocols. Like when you go places, you have these, you can get these things called POAPs or POPES or I don't know how people call them, uh, but it stands for proof of attendance protocol where you basically have an indicator or like a real set of proof that you were at an event. And then you can do a bunch of cool things after that. Say for instance, like I wanted to reach out to all the people that were at my event that registered to, to, to claim one of these things. I now have like access to those people and I can either give them additional benefits for participating in an event or reach out to them for sponsorships for marketing or whatever. Right. Like there's a bunch of things that I can do based on understanding who was at where. And then if you look at it from like a nefarious point of view, I can do the same thing. If you have badges that are ind indications of somebody being somebody, something that they can't move. I now have a really good way to, surveil a group of a group of people based on a specific activity that I care about. So, so like it's going back a to lot of back and forth. Originally, I like the idea like, of a badge just depends on the use case and the use case has to be found. I mean, I do think you, do you guys members. like a dynamic of people being able to like pin badges on you though? Like that's Ethereum in my mind, like, well, it should be it should be opt in, right? That's the thing. It's That's you what should, I'm you saying. Should, you should ask or claim That's for the badge. That's what I'm saying. Like, like on in the protocol level of like Algorand, you can opt in. You get that choice, but in Ethereum, you don't get that choice. You just you can. Can you? Maybe. I mean, it depends if if it's revocable or not. If okay. someone gives it to you, you so, revoke it. It's fine. I like, like the concept of a badge, though. That's but a the really soul good. boundedness of like a pope, right? So like when you uh, say soulbound makes it so that's what I'm saying permanent. <laughs> yeah. So soul now soul bound bound like a badge makes sense. And what I was thinking is like I'm thinking of everybody who has a badge, and it's like, do they recycle those badge it. numbers? Like yeah, so I was thinking is like a sheriff is just a sheriff. Like take the sheriff badge off, give it to the dude who wanted to be sheriff next. But like police badges. There's a number, there's usually a number and a name. When they get rid of the name, do they keep the number and just give the number to the next 
they have to do that, right? That's what makes, in my mind, that's what makes sense, right? And then you're like, hey, you know, we got, you know, 25,000 badges out there. Uh, time to get There's more money from the government. Yeah, that, we that's to, like a, that's like to, a relic of physical media. Like you can, you can do interesting yeah. things with minting digital scarcity so that I don't have that same type of problem. In terms of like, how do you reuse? I'm just trying to make sure that if we're putting names on things, we try and be better than we've been in the past with crypto. Like the idea of a wallet. Like we know now that that is a silly, silly word for how you're actually using this thing and what it actually. They still does. argue for it. They still are. They still argue for it for some reason. I've no had, one I keeps still... their keys in their wallet unless they have nothing but card keys. Nobody keeps car keys in their wallet. No, like cards, like little oh, cards that cards. get you into things. Key cards. Key cards. There we That's go. A, card um, key. Key card. My bad. Card keys. Just, uh, just, <laughs> just uh, because this is on the top of my head and I don't want to forget about it. Another example of usefulness or improper use of NFTs for credentials is like Securium has this program where like if you pass the class, you potentially you get you get nfts as like a hey i passed the class here's a here's a moniker of saying that i passed like and that then becomes a an attestation of a certain threshold of knowledge like if i have this thing then it shows that i've gone through a specific amount of things that indicate that i'm knowledgeable in this area and i may be yeah. usefully useful for being hired as an auditor you That's cannot pass story. those things around you can't sell that there's no market for that that's work right you should not be able to sell the badge that says you've done a specific amount of yeah knowledge work no we are, are we capable saying, of a specific are, amount of knowledge are we work. saying uh when you say badge Corey, do you mean uh i mean a soul bound badge or just like a badge i mean i mean, I mean a non-transferable token that's what i mean okay you know, be interesting. Sure. Deterioratable or deter. No, I don't know. That's not the word. Um, basically, badges that deteriorate. Well, uh, what I'm getting at is like they licenses eradicate. get renewed, right? In you in the real world, I mean, Unlock Protocol does that. Yeah, they have time-based tokens that you can't. You know what I mean? Like Julian already does these things. Mm -hmm. In fact, he might actually be on this standard. To be honest, <laughs> it's it's look. See if I can find the contributors to this thing. He's not on this one, but I'd be, I, I, I would venture a guess that he has very strong opinions on these things and experience in, in like trying to deal with some of the issues that I've just mentioned about yeah. NFTs. I don't mean software licenses. I mean, uh, professional licenses. Like yeah. for instance, as an engineer, you know, you go through applications. Right. You get your maybe EIT and then you get your PE for a physician. You get MD and then you, and there's GE you know, sit for general engineering. Uh, I've never seen that one. It's, okay. but maybe it exists. There are a lot of different credentials out there for a lot of different professionals. It's, it'd just be interesting that there, I didn't know that there exists a way for them to like essentially deteriorate the credential so that they actually have to re up it every few years, right? Because your knowledge is not always there. It needs to be refreshed. You need to prove that you have not forgotten all of the information that you at one point learned, right? The FE fundamentals of engineering exam. What's your right, that's a you look that up? <laughs> I was just, no, I'm just trying to remember. Guys, <laughs> I was studying for it for so long just to not study for it anymore. I was wondering if I still remembered. Wait, why were you studying for that? 
I started out in mechanical engineering. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Dynamics 2 pretty much eradicated my soul. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Not gonna make Did it. Were we taking classes together after you had changed that or before? I think before. Because like a first class I think we took together was Cal two. Cal two and then Cal three. Um but did we have linear algebra together? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. We did not. Okay. My linear I'm not gonna tell that story. The story's gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> All right, so now I'm going now I'm going to different things. Um I don't know. Soul soul bound token. Seems like a good idea for certain things, but at the end of the day, I, I have to like meter crypto enthusiasm sometimes with is this a solution in search of a problem when how does it look like to the outside world? And maybe these are questions that should are too soon to be asked. But um what's the difference between having a soulbound token and a Facebook account? Facebook already logs everything I do everywhere. Obviously, I know the long-term negative effects of that. And I know that Facebook keeping all this data on me is probably not good for me in the long run. It's only good for Facebook, not good for me. But that architecture already exists. So what are we actually inventing? Oh, it's no, it's more about a standard of use for an asset on a blockchain. Okay. So it's just like right. Like these things, like people have used versions of these things. We're talking about building a standard so that you can build infrastructure around it. Like the only reason why ERC-20s blew up and NFTs blew up is because a standard exists around them, which allowed you to transfer them in a secure way because I could build a, a decentralized exchange or an exchange that understood how to inter- like interoperate between multiple different platforms because it all conformed to a given standard. Mm. So is a right. lot of what crypto needs to be doing, just taking how the internet currently operates and just rebuilding it for a blockchain environment? In some ways. Yeah. Like if you think about digital assets, like what is a digital asset? It's like in the most general way. Wait, don't no, hold on, D. To answer your question more directly, have you read like white papers of like, let's say, like when you're, when you're talking about Facebook implementation in Web3, have you looked at some of the papers that are aiming or that had aimed to do that? Come, sorry, come again. You, I lost you on the last second of that. So, so um, to answer your question more directly, right? Which yes. is, are are Web three uh, organizations just recreating Web two ideas? And on on that, have you read um, some of like the 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 white papers of projects who aimed to do that and what the tech stack changes to? Hmm. Because uh, that would answer your question if you have so your read. your answer to my question was a question. I would to so the first right. part. I would say that I think that yes, a lot of it is just recreating recreating the will. But sure. my perspective of recreating the will is that is definitely not a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. If we never recreated the will, then we'd have a bunch of cars rolling around sure, on sure. stone discs, right? Like, yeah, you obviously have to recreate things. Now so the second part answers your actual question if you say yes i've read white papers of organizations who are creating web3 versions of web2 that answers your question i think okay i think it does. i think it's I, it's it's a lot about we have a new do think. paradigm like, you, in terms like, of an uh, operational environment yes but can i answer like i i can throw up a visual right i'm thinking of, of a diagram that i can show you d and then you can tell me if you've seen this and then go i'll, I'll search for it real quick Thank <laughs> you. 
Excuse me, audience. I had to okay. my nose. Does that not make sense though? I feel like this is this is kind of obvious why people were recreating things on the it web is free space. It's because yeah. we know that these things already exist. It's just there's a new environment in which you can operate in that's drastically different. And it requires us to rebuild it in this environment to see like how the social dynamics of that thing work here. That's why DeFi is even a thing. I get it. I get it. I'm okay with it. But like at the same time, some of that stuff isn't appropriate here. Or like, it's not, you know, who cares if it exists? It will exist because someone's going to try it. We can't stop them because it's permissionless. But it's not necessarily the best thing to be using an environment like this. Now, I think badges or soulbound tokens or non-transferable tokens or whatever you want to call them has some legit use cases for access control and like attestation of a, of a specific thing. But it be- also has negative consequences too if you don't have properties like revocability. It's got to be new and it's got to be catchy, Petty. We can't do badges because badges exist in like... Uh, they exist in fucking Discord and Facebook Messenger and all. Go. All right, and soulbound. Then like people are gonna fucking think about it because, because they think it's some stupid game like, thing. They're gonna be like, wait a second, I don't want anything to be bound to my soul. Do I have a soul? I'm agnostic. The problem is, like, the issue here is that there doesn't need to be a name for like yeah, the end user, right? The end user. You don't have to use Soulbound or NTTs or whatever. Like if you're building an application that leverages this standard, call whatever the fuck you want, as long as the end user understands what it means for that particular feature. Hmm. It's just this is the standard we've come up with, and then it needs a, it needs a name. What but like as a, as if you're building a product and you implement this thing, call it whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Call as long LT. as the end user can understand what the whole purpose is. Lock token, LT. Bow. Lock token. It's a lock token. That's lock it, it up. There's nothing that uses locks. Lock it up. Unlock lock it Unlock's up. Unlock specifically uses locks. That's what they call them. Fuck. It's got to be a catchy name. It's got to be marketable. How did NFTs catch fire? That's so random. There's people uh, walking up to a rapper right now. I don't know, saying, dude. Do you have like rappers are, are talking about them. Like, and it's it's such an engineering name. I want to hear. If it were, if, if, if the acronym wasn't didn't roll off your tongue, it wouldn't have caught on. Yeah, NFT. Nifty. I know one thing. I want to hear Fetty Wap try and sell me his NFT. I want to tell him no to his face, but I do want to hear. I don't want to hear him like, you know what I'm saying? I got this NFT project dropping soon. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wait, wait, pause, buddy. Stop. We got to go back to those. We got to go back to those conferences that have people like that. Boosie barbecue sauce. Boosie potato chips. I'm putting Boosie shoes on a blockchain, y'all. I was like, wait a second. He doesn't know what he's saying. I'm just going to let it happen. Every single person around him was like, yeah. And like, it was like, it was like, what's that? The dude behind the tree was just like, every single person around him was just like, (laughs) yeah, son, we're doing this. My favorite part of that interview, and I'll stop nostalgia. I'll stop with the nostalgia audience. Is when we asked him our question in ten words or less. Can you describe blockchain? His PR guy leans over and whispers in his ears, like, "Say decentralized, say privacy." Say, and I was like, "What? 
What? Yeah. No. Say, that's say, not... it. say it. Just say the words. Just say the words. Anyways. Um, and for those that don't know, what episode was that? I don't we know. interviewed. I don't like to refer to that. You know, it's not a highlight of our podcasting career interview. And no, it is, though, because Boosie that's the kind of badass. podcast we have. We yeah. got to do that. Boosie. Boosie. Boosie, Boosie, Boosie Badass. One episode 185 was Boozy Badass. At the same time, we had Hunter Pendergrass there, too, which was like, yeah, like legit. he was. So if, for those that don't know, he had a bunch of things before this, but he was he was the like him and his partner were the advisors for like the crypto advisors for all of Silicon Valley, the show. Mm, that's cool. Do you know that? Mm-mm. Yeah. So they did something well with their time. I did not know that. You're talking about those two dudes with that specific in that same episode? Yeah, Hunter and we did we did both interviews. We like we did an interview with Hunter and Nick, uh, who were the advisors for Silicon Valley. Really, the crypto aspects of Silicon Valley, and then Boozy Badass was directly after it. So like I did, I interviewed those two, and it was like an ultra technical, ultra like you know meta interview on Web three, and then. You and Shello interviewed Boozy because he didn't have nothing. You know what? Nothing to do with me, and it was fucking awesome. It was the best back-to-back interview we you could ever hope for for this show. Wait, so <laughs> those two dudes are responsible for Solana? No, we talking about it, guys. Wait, how? What do you mean when you say Silicon Valley advice? The show, the the show the Silicon show. Valley, the TV series. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, the show. That were they were the advisors for the show, so that like, okay. they, when they talked about crypto in the show, it made sense. Okay, that makes sense. Now, I think I I'm, like, I'm almost a hundred percent positive that's the case. My mind was was going just was sprinting towards Conspiracy Island. I was like, I was like, what, what, how? All right, let's let's reel it in. So that's enough about Soulbound tokens. I mentioned something in the Slack today. As I, I forgot to put my Negro Domus cap on before. I said it, but I think it's very obvious at this point that USDC is like lobbying to try and be the digital legal tender for the United States. I mean, I don't know. Is it not obvious? Like the treasure trove of money that they're sitting on is absurd. The parties involved are so high level. Let's go through it. Why? Walk us through these points you think are so obvious. I was asking. So USDC's volume, I'm pretty sure just flipped Tether right? Which has to be by design. There's no way it's not. Um, most recently, it has. With the fallout of all of this stablecoin stuff is that now USDC is on top. So with that being said, okay, now you got USDC on top. You got all the mining happening in the US now. Not all, but the majority of it. Proof of work, that is. Happening in the US. We've got Coinbase, which makes like $3 billion in profit a month. And obviously, is the vol is going to volunteer to give the government whatever information the government wants, so they can keep making that profit. Um, yeah, and the Federal Reserve is no mystery; it's not a government entity. It's like four private banks that basically keep all of the reserves of the U.S. money, right? Uh, the Federal Reserve is a private thing. It's it's, it's weird. It's this weird. Um, relationship between the u.s government and the federal reserve 
So Coinbase could. There's no law. There's no rule saying that it couldn't be added to the Federal Reserve. But I mean, when you've got this much USDC out there and you've got pockets that deep of USDC, then how is that not a reserve? I mean, when you have a stable coin that's pegged to a real physical asset, Mm -hmm. the confidence in the stability of that coin is directly tied to the confidence of the the reserve like where how where that money is stored how that money is stored the ability to check that that money is stored appropriately and audit it and so on and so forth i would argue that it's easier to have higher confidence in usdc than usdt by a long shot Okay, so let's let's peel another layer off. USDC is a partner stablecoin between Coinbase, Circle. Those are those are two names I know off the top of my head. But there's a lot of money in that war chest to peg USDC to USD. Now, Circle that nobody really knows was the largest Bitcoin exchange on the planet for many, 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 many years. Like they never talked about it. They didn't make a big deal about it. I remember if you remember the Circle app, Corey. Yeah. So they, they were the largest exchange. They bought Polonix. Yeah, with their super big large exchange money. <laughs> <laughs> they went over to Poloniex and were like, hey man, we're just gonna give you guys a pile of money to fuck off. And they were like, sure. It's just been us in our garage any fucking way. Crypto, right? And then they fucking jogged off stage and they took their big pile of money and now Circle becomes the super, super big largest exchange of Bitcoin. And now they're larger than Bitcoin exchange. They they bought Poloniex because Poloniex was the largest Ether exchange in, in this hemisphere. So they were like, obvious, I'm taking that route. You're saying that with such like confidence is this true yeah because at that time i was trading ether for bitcoin and poloniex had all the money that's where i traded poloniex so so this is from you on the on the exchange in poloniex looking at liquidity and yeah this is from me yeah but you don't you didn't trade on any other exchanges or you did and this is just Um, like anecdotally i traded on not binance the one that's just the b bitstamp um and there was another one overseas, and then OKCoin, okay and then there it would was- be worth doing a comparative study of like these things. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying any of this stuff is true. Yes. Like I don't know. These are defects. So if you want, yeah, you, know, okay. you can. These are defects. Defects. Fact check if you want to. Fact check. Fact check. These are de facto. This is facts. actually. Hello. I hope so. <laughs> someone, if someone if someone facts checks any of this. Let's give a bounty out for what? 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. Nice. 50 bucks coming out of us to you. uh, With reasonable fact checking of any of the dumb shit we're saying about these two stable coins. Dumb shit. So, what are the facts that need to be? What are the defects? First come, first serve. This is not for everybody that does fact checking. Yeah. Uh, So, what do we got here? We got Circle being the largest Bitcoin exchange. That was the thing I threw out there. That's so you're trying to justify that USDC has more legitimacy and has is basically. So remember what I. Uh, I I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Bro, that. there's a there's a one million dollar bounty out on anyone who can provide a reasonable audit of Tether's uh, reserves. Yeah, yeah. 
I remember some creepy shit happened. Like sometimes you just stay out of stuff. When we went to Mexico and we were at ETH DevCon. And this dude, I was just chilling because nobody really, you know, people listen to the Ethereum podcast. They didn't listen to the Bitcoin podcast. It was started those those lines in the sand had already started being drawn back then. And so I'm just chilling, like listening to conversation. And this guy, I could tell he was kind of full of shit. Maybe he wasn't. But he starts talking to this other guy in a suit and he's like, Bro, I need to I remember you. I remember watching you listen to this conversation from across the room. Yeah. I was like, I need to tell you about tether and i was like hmm, my ear like beats up and i'm just like i lean back and listen and then i lean back too far and he just instantaneously stopped talking and grabbed the guy in the suit and then walked to like a quiet corner and i was like that was fucking sketch now that happened to me that doesn't mean anything i don't think there's any large conspiracy going on with tether that can be proved anyways at this point so so i think that's why there's a million dollar bounty but what i'm saying is my facts that need to be checked circle being the largest bitcoin exchange check circle did buy poloniex that's no mystery check circle is behind usdc they're the main initiator of the origination of usdc i mean that's true the the last two things that you just said are true right the first thing is the big exchange that they kept on the low right so let me see if i can find some articles to defend my d d fact uh but nevertheless checking i'm not paying you 50 bucks and the dude behind the dude that be the dude that's behind circle is fucking he was super rich before any of this he's one of those dudes who's like money means no things i just want to do stuff like nah. you know he's super rich and smart and he just doesn't care right so he's like on to the next thing i guess i'll join the federal reserve this week like he's <laughs> so yes it's a bombast not bombastic yes it's a ridiculous claim but I do think that USDC is going to be that legal tender stamp. I don't know what prevents it from being a legal tender stamp other than people signing I mean, paper. That was kind of what Libra's whole goal was, I think, was to try and make themselves uh, create some type of digital currency that was amenable to such a thing based on how they were doing like the baskets of entities that were responsible for keeping it stable. Um, it looks a lot like how you would build a digital currency for a government, but done in a private manner. But if we look at how a lot of things are done in terms of the control of information and, and money within the United States, it looks a lot like that. If we know how the West works, the West likes us versus them. There is no us, and let's figure it out. There is us, and there is them. USDC is us money. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Avalanche, those things, that's them money. And it's kind of as simple as that. I mean, maybe that's not simple. Maybe that's really complex and convoluted, but... It's got some, got some hot takes from Andy coming at us. Hot take for those who are not watching the show. Soulbound tokens are a terrible name for anything in crypto and we're looking for mass adoption. And he knows what's up. We're not even soulbound. The hell is I'm that? looking into Jeremy Allaire. Mortal Man, Kombat. this dude is like, he's got some roots. Yeah, dude. Jeremy Allaire is a boss. And Circle was a great wallet at that time. I The amount of money I sent to my students using the Circle app is, is I, I wish I could find them, get my money back. What I mean but, is, like, but, he, but he was CTO 
at Macromedia and he was involved in developing Adobe Flash. Mm. Like he collaborated with Noam Chomsky. Uh, He like this dude's like connected AF. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he's smart and he's connected. Is that good? Is that good for the ecosystem? Is that what you want? Hey, that's but to to take the words out of your mouth, Corey. I mean, if it does more good than it does bad, well, what's good? Like, it's, like it's it's in my opinion, that's a lot of recreation of the exact same thing we already have, and just slapping a new sticker on it. But that's what we do. That's all humans ever do. They're like, no, it's not. When something that's what humans follow. That's what, what that's what's easiest to follow because it's most recognizable and what you're used to. But the whole point we built this shit in the first place is because what we built isn't very good and doesn't work for us. I think that most times an invention is like a rehashing of something before. I think these monumentally life-altering, civilization-altering inventions are are different, but I think most things are just iterations. That's my... Machine learning? Iteration on things? Iteration on humanity. I, I don't really know. <laughs> the only thing I know about machine computing? Iteration is that it's, it's a bunch of... Uh, Being able to talk to people across the globe instantaneously. Iteration on things? I'm saying most things, not all <laughs> things. Yeah, but we're talking about things that aren't that. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. So it's like so 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 what fair I'm getting enough. is that iteration is like little bit, but like the way that Corey's talking about things, these are huge giant leaps for mankind. The way in which we've done things in terms of like the way technology has moved and the impact it has had on the fabric of society and how humans do both business and like but okay cultural differences is is right. massive massively different like we are teleporting about- right now like we are literally like having a conversation <laughs> with video like we are, we are being pushed live to a bunch right. of people right That's true. i mean it's some mind-boggling shit like this, when, this is magic this is magic when, uh, if you, if you f- reverse time like 50 years this is magic if you reverse time like a thousand years we're gods yeah but i get i get the kind of thing you're talking about is like there's a level of circular logic happening yeah. in terms of some aspects of a lot of these things, like, you know, centralization versus decentralization, aggregation versus isolation. Like, I will always and forever consider money a technology. Well, that's because it is. That's So that being said, crypto is just an iteration. <laughs> okay sure it's that's just not, like, it's I'm, not, like, I'm not gonna argue with that that's fine oh, that was stupid that was a stuff it's like you're taking a whole field like of like a shit ton of deep math and you're just saying oh yeah hold my beer i, I could have done that like me no not at all no not at all like I it's would, not baby i would call, it, like, I would call it a a generalization of money than an iteration it's an expansion of what money is in my opinion because it's it's crypto or blockchains or web3 does more drastically more than what we previously considered money or value value or qual- you know the the quantification and exchange of value i, I, I and that's spread over in a lot of ways to like what we currently do and, and like 
our social lives. And we're, we're, we're bleeding the lines between these things. And so it's not an iteration. It's like you've discovered something larger in which our previous models don't accurately describe. This is what I was telling Corey and telling you, right? Is the fact that you're going to be able, like an emergent property of iterating on blockchain technology and digital tokens that can basically accrue value in whatever value means to anybody is going to be the fact that you can create quantifiable numbers on a screen that represent what like things that are like love, like like the intangibles of a business. You'll be able to get those. And straight to That's, love. Yeah. <laughs> Getting dystopian in this bitch. Yeah, seriously though. Like, like if you look at Disney, like this is what I'm thinking. Like if you look at Disney, let's say that they, they're worth, you know, say, I don't know, some, or, or say, say the revenue is like, I don't know, what's the revenue of I'm Disney? about to Google that. That's probably a lot. Right. So they, they have a, they have a certain like, uh, market cap for Disney. And there's also $7.4 billion. Right. So, so now, now look up Disney's intangibles. Look at how much money is in that. Just query that. Disney's intangibles. Yeah. Just the, the just value of Disney's inta- yeah. Do value of Disney's inta- intangibles. And it's like 10 to $20 billion. So they're, they're you're like, what's his face on Joe Rogan? <laughs> look that yeah. up. Value of Disney's intangibles. No, no, but seriously. Oh, like, that's a thing. That, Disney's that's what I'm goodwill saying, and intangible assets. So an emergent property what of crypto, you heard it here, folks, first. That will be a thing. That's what DAOs will create. I don't yeah, know what I, I agree with that. that yeah, I've said that in a manner of ways a couple different times in terms of like we're we're learning new ways of quantifying things we couldn't quantify beforehand. Right, but but that isn't hit where like I can show you a number. Like Disney's yeah. worth sixty something billion. Their intangibles are worth twenty billion. You're going to be able to capture that twenty billion in tokens. That's what crypto will do because you know are no longer bound to dollars and creating things within fixed systems where you can't create law and legislation fast enough to capture things and you can't create real to virtual representations of these things fast enough in a way that software can be written and recycled and thrown away so that you can attempt to capture that right this kind of goes back to long time ago well not that long ago but the health app that i would like to create to track fitness so that you can reduce premiums of insurances for certain individuals you can have more customized products don't like, get this too is popular they will take your ass out this is something that's uh, <laughs> that's been worked on right so yeah but like, like all right so do you think that should be a stronger narrative or like I like i don't I, I feel like what you just said is something that is awesome a few never, people understand is incredibly important in understanding what's valuable about this stuff but like yeah why don't people understand that? Like, why? Why for my monthly healthcare premiums? Because I don't want to pay two fifty or two eighty dollars. That's expensive, and I'm I'm pretty fucking healthy. Like, I, I personally have. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's that's my point. I've seen hundreds of balance sheets now at this point. 
practice balance sheets, real balance sheets that have real effects to how you change them. And I've never seen intangible assets on a balance sheet. So I guess I'm still a super rookie. You knew you're a noob, dude. You're, super the, you're in the minor league. So how do you up. even value an intangible asset? Bro, is that like was bro, that the value dude. of the love they put in the world? Like, how does that make any so, sense? So, dude? So check this out. Check this out. It like I'm when Google I tell you, like everything's connected. This is what I'm thinking in my brain, right? For instance, um, some people have parents, like both parents. They're lucky to have both parents, a mom and a dad, right? Um, let's say, you know, you're the child of both of these parents working, right? Let's say your your parents are influenced by Western culture such that, you know, the father is for the prototypical breadwinner in the family, right? The mother kind of stays home, kind of does, you know, maybe works part-time, um, does what what's from a sociological standpoint known as like a second shift, I think is the phrase, right? So there is an amount of value that the woman creates uh, in terms of holding the family together that is not captured in, in terms of financial value, but is ultimately important to the success of the nuclear family as a whole, right? That same dynamic is being programmatically defined and captured and will be an emergent property of the value that each individual has as they exist in any given ecosystem. I'm so not sure that, that's, I see what you're doing with that analogy. I think there's a yeah. better analogy there that people can latch onto. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I get that because like the, like if you look at the total pie of quote unquote value for a nucleated family, sure. the aspect of what the mother is doing in terms of holding it together isn't necessarily being captured very well. Right. right. Or like, or like right. viewed upon from an outside perspective. Right. But if you like try to use that same narrative for um, like content, content curation within a community. Andy tokenized parenting spank to earn. Yeah, tokenized <laughs> parenting spank to earn. <laughs> uh, like the amount of work that goes into upvoting and downvoting in a subreddit for a given like high value community, like high value subreddit isn't being captured by any type of like value. Like the amount of the, the difficulty it is to like surface quality content within a given community is right now up to an algorithm for most platforms. And it's clear that there's a lot of value and in the ability of a given algorithm to do that. Otherwise you don't have the engagement you'd like to do to keep people there. So crypto gives you ability to incentivize people to surface quality content within a given context and potentially pay them out thereby relieving your like the need to rely on an algorithm to do it for them that may have some bias that they have no say over and it gives people a way of living that you know that doesn't require them to have any special skill other than identifying good content i've seen that fail though so many times right sure already- i'm not saying it's like that's it's just a, it's an easy it's currently we have no way of quantifying value of content curation because algorithms do it for us because humans sure, sure. don't have a good reason to do it. Right. They're optimizing like, for like attention. Crypto seeking. gives you an avenue to explore ways in which you can recapture that back. Sure. sure. I don't know if that's like, I don't know what narrative. I've been saying the word narrative a lot today and I'm a little yeah. upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's an okay narrative, but it's not like digestible to like, like who the fuck cares? Yeah. 
the communities because the whole, you know like finding good content and not feel like you're being sold stuff is an yeah. important part of being a part of community i agree what i'm what i'm being i'm being d right now is like the the dude the dude on the street like why the fuck does he care like he's not gonna really do like is he gonna do this when he scrolls through a social media app you want to find good shit quickly <laughs> I think, yeah, we can no longer it's funny it's like i i had that epiphany off you know this when we weren't recording and i was like I'm, I'm not too sure caring about the gpp even matters like that's what i was, that's what I was like i had a moment no, like i don't know at this point probably not because the tech isn't there to like realistically give him something that he cares about or but like her, ever or or whatever like if you're if you're talking about things that we talk about our subject matter and yep. kind of our opinions in our line of thinking does the gpp like for example let's like there's you know, not a elon is do, spending a good amount of money to make sure everybody's thinking about elon all the time all right if he's not doing it his marketing company is and they're doing a good job nevertheless when this man makes moves, he doesn't care that the average Joe can barely pay for a gallon, of, like a half of a tank of gas right now while he's selling $90,000 electric vehicles. He's like, hey, man, if you can't get on the plane, you can't get on the plane. I don't know what to tell you. You can't get on the train. You can't get on the train. You got a ticket. Like, he's not caring. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he has said, hey, I'm trying to make these electric cars less expensive. 30 grand is about as good as it gets. You don't got 30 grand, you can't get an electric car. Sorry. Figure your life out. That's pretty that's pretty much what he's saying, dude. Is he saying anything different? And everybody else is trying to be like, hey, we're the worker man's electric truck. Yeah, it's seventy five thousand dollars, but you could do that because you're a worker man. Like, Wait, how do you get that? Man. How do you get that idea though? That's that's really funny. But like like what gives you that impression that he doesn't want like, you know, uh, average Joe buying Teslas? Because that's the price. These they're priced out. Really? They're priced out. They can't get. I it. mean, you know who your clientele is. They can't get that. You don't sell to them. You don't sell yachts to somebody who can. It can't may get be them. getting to the point now where it's getting kind of there. But if you look at like early Teslas, mm -mm -mm. yeah, oh, like wait, the, the cheapest Tesla, how. like but that's part of grand. growing a business is catering to a smaller audience until the tech is more commoditized to allow for you to have a like a profitable business that can cater to a larger audience yeah but you know what's weird though to to that point like to to push back against that point a little bit in america it's that way but abroad in china uh, i think market penetration of tesla is actually pretty good among ev manufacturers yeah but they're also sitting on ass loads of cash in china right now the the, the mm -hmm. average the average Joe no no if you look at the average Joe wages in in U.S. dollars uh it, I believe like a few years ago I looked this up it was like like high thirty low forty thousand a year for an individual versus in America it's roughly like you know based on inflation maybe mid to upper 50s 60 low 60s something like that right so there's still a discrepancy of about let's say 20 yeah. percent if you're if your yearly income is 30 or 40 grand what are you going to live on a see, as of year? this year the average salary we'll call we'll go median yeah, uh, median, uh, median salary in china is four thousand eight eight hundred per month the yeah, average so salary in china is four thousand five hundred per month? Yeah, see, so it's it's like okay. it's about 
It's about 50k plus or minus. That's inflation adjusted. Now, if you go a few years back, they were making like mid 40s, mid to upper 40s. Um, now they're making, you know, upper 40s to low 50s probably. But the idea is that in, in China, when you buy something, you don't actually buy it outright. You actually just get a fat ass, like essentially loan for whatever it is, like those big purchases, a home or a car, like mm -hmm. their home mortgages are like two lifetime. They're, it's impossible to pay, right? It's a joke in major yeah. cities. So yeah. like, you know how like you have 30 year mortgages here in the US, like up to, right? You can have obviously smaller. There, it's like 60-year mortgages. Like, it's just, it's nuts. You'll never pay it off. Your children might have a chance, though. As of 2021, it looks like, average salary. Correct me on that, though. Check me on that. Is 51000 hmm. well, I, I guess I just say all that to say that when you're trying to push things forward, it's probably more effective to just do it to the people that are listening. Yeah, right? I agree. Because like, like, you need to, you need to, well, it depends on what you're doing, right? You need to know your audience and yeah. your capability to deliver to a specific audience. Like that, that, that's, that's a, a lot, a lot of times startups mismatch their ability to grow because they've drastically misaligned that connection. They wanna they wanna broadcast to everyone, but they don't have the capability to broadcast to even a small number of people. You wanna say that? something like that, right? And so, like, yeah, know your audience, and then do them like like do them well. Make sure you provide a quality product, or whatever you're building, to them, and do it well, and then find an avenue to grow. So yeah. that like that's that same book that we that Cello made us read a long time ago, which is like crossing, crossing the, the chasm. chasm. Chasm, chasm, chasm. Yeah, it's like chasm. It, it outlined the that the actual like process of understanding your audience, and then how you bridge the gap to each successively larger audience. Mm, that was a good book. That was a good book. I should read that book again. But yeah, and right now, obviously, crypto is still talking to the people that want to listen. Like, well, you can. That's the. And, that's kind of the. I wouldn't say problem. Maybe it is a problem. In this industry, where it that that's I think it, that's exacerbated in this industry, is because we're involving the ability to invest into something to basically everyone, and historically speaking, you've seen outrageous gains. So you're pairing like a what I would call a reasonably exponential technology. So like this is a novel technology that is new and and, and, and exponential growth and potentially game-changing to the landscape of society paired with its money investable to the average Joe in any amount that they want. And it, it has shown a history of ridiculous gains. And like, it's, that's just like a cesspool for like being taken advantage of and making sh shitty decisions mm -hmm. because it moves so fast. Not it, it, it's so difficult to understand what's going on to make reasonable choices unless you spend an inordinate amount of time doing it. Mm -hmm. And because anyone can do it and anyone can participate in it, like anyone can build something and then anyone can participate in it. And there's no, there's not a lot of regulation around it. You can, you have things like, you know, pulse chain, like people building something, Definitely. marketing the shit out of it and it not reasonably being anything worth of value. 
You're gonna hurt. You're gonna Joe, Joe's gonna get mad at you. No, Joe care. agrees with him. He agrees with them. He just he just understands it. <laughs> yeah. He's just waiting to ride the degen. Jeez, man. But like you, we've created a because of like that's the double-edged sword of these principles that we have of like with inclusion and and access and things like that is if you allow people to do things, they will do it. Mm-hmm. And it's we're talking about money or what's typically referred to as money, like generalization of value. If we go back to the earlier argument, like people are going to get taken advantage of people are going to take advantage of other people. And because it's so inclusive and as a part of the principle set of how we build, like it's censorship resistance and inclusive, then we'll, it, people are allowed to do it because we haven't put in these stop gaps in the beginning to stop them or keep them from doing it. Mm-hmm. So like buckle up, like if we're not telling people to be weary and it's high risk investment for a long period of time until like potentially, like potentially forever. When it's not a, a risky investment anymore, then it's, it's probably not going to have these great of an investment anymore. Like that's really, that's how the cookie crumbles. Like when it's no longer, yeah, but like, risky. that's not the point. The point isn't an investment. It's just something you can do now. Like in my opinion, the point of all this stuff isn't so that we can allow people to invest in things and potentially make a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Man. That's a side effect. It's so weird because this transition of my like crypto existence is like, it feels like such a transitory, like it is mass adopted, but it's not really mass adopted. So it's like, it's like, it's not mass adoption is how can I invest? Yeah. And that's not, that's not ever going to be a mass adoption thing because getting people to invest in things is incredibly difficult. Like I know that risky. It's not just risky. Of course there's no, risk. No, it's not right? risky, Corey. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's difficult because it's, just, it's risky too. It is risky, but even that, the bets that we made, Literally, every were embedded in this industry, if they would have made, if, they, if people would have like followed our, you know, like our portfolios and like where we're putting our money or what we're investing our time into, they would have been losing right now. And yeah. they'd be like, this is stupid if they yeah. did it at the wrong time. If they did it at the wrong time. But like, it's, it's, everything is risky. I mean, a go- part of what even a government existing for is to convince the constituents to invest in shit. Like, hey, man, we got these five things. We we got to put your money in. CDs will give you 0.03% back. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to put our money in this sewage system here, guys. And, like, well, prove to me. I, I just take my shit and throw it in the woods. Yeah, but you can't do that, right? We got to build the sewage, the sewage system. We got, and you know, you got to talk people into investing. And then the risk is, what if it doesn't work? Okay. And then there's shit everywhere right so like it's just you everything's got its own risks involved not just investing i think risk is just a weighing risk by the way shout out to whoever out there is making an insurance protocol for this stuff like you're gonna be the world's first quadrillionaire or completely completely bankrupt because you defaulted on everything because of the volatility they're really weighing risk (laughs) They're really That's, struggling with risk. You, you're either going to win big or win really, really. Would you call it a risky business? I would. That? I wish we had a saxophone. I wish we had a saxophone. Damn. 
We need a saxophone soundboard. Well, yeah, too bad you never got your stream decks, your stream decks set up. Yeah. Now it's in right, Let's wrap it up. We're at an hour. Dusty. Hey, well, we're wrapping this stuff for you guys, so uh, you can do some things. We're gonna do, we're gonna do our things now. We're gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a shout out. Remember how you always used to ask me, "Do you have anything to shout out?" I'm gonna shout out one thing. Okay, I'm going to do this right now. <laughs> shout out to Sand. Okay, you can do yours now. Shout out to Sand. sand? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, Holler. hey guys, today's show was brought to you by us. We do this. Uh, you can you can uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. I hope you like this beat brought to you by Sammy Davis the uh, third. Join the slide. Do YouTube because of this? No, no, no. This is the music they let us use. Look, it's down there. Look, All it's, right. it's copy. Oh, shit. It's got to be good then. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do we got going on here? Slack. Yeah, come join the join the Slack. You know, thebitcoinpodcast.com. Push the Slack button. Follow the instructions. If you can't do that, you can't hang out with us. We don't want to hang out with you. Like those are very simple instructions. And if you can't follow that, you can't get into the treehouse. Sorry, can't climb up here. All right. Don't worry. It's gonna change later. All right. Well, we got this. Your podcast app. You're listening to us in a podcast app, most obviously. Uh, give us a rating, you know, so other people can listen to us too. And then you can have a, a whole group of friends. It can be you guys listening to our podcast, telling us how much you like it. And you all gave us five stars. That's how community works. All right. <laughs> community. Uh, shout out to Coinbase. We are not brought to you by Coinbase. Coinbase wouldn't touch us with a 20 foot. Why are we shouting them out? I don't know. It's on there. I'm just clicking things at this point. Uh, shout out to what else we got here? Oh, here's some things. Doja Cat. Yep. Ant Man. All right. New Black Widow. Yeezy. This one's for Corey. Shout out to Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Shout out to both Thors. And shout out to uh, Long Neck and Wide Smile, Zoe Saldana. Shout out to you, bro. All right. Hit him with the outro, bro. Play the outro.